Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Simon Clancy, and with Alfredo Artiaga, as always, we'll do little introductions in a second. Chris is not here, he's still in prison. Um, I think he's let out next week, but this show is brought to you by prize picks as always and you can use promo code 5FIVE to get a $100 match bonus on your $100 deposit also by better edge go to betteredge.com forward slash five reasons and get $20 just for signing up that's literally free $20 and finally by our friends at SKD studios shop designer furniture lighting accessories and more online at skdstudios.com forward slash shop Alf how are you Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, although, if you would have asked me after Saturday's uh, practice, and judging by how everybody on Twitter decided that the season was over and that the offense was just abject, an abject disaster, um, I would have said, "Well, you know, I've I have a little less faith in humanity than yesterday." I, I saw a couple of funny things today about that um, about that practice. The first was that uh, the Dolphins had engineered a uh, Tyreek Hill to line up against a cornerback that wasn't going to make the team so that Tua could throw a layup touchdown so that everybody would think it was okay. That was the first thing I saw. Uh-huh. And then the second thing I saw was a particular fan laying into OJ McDuffie <laughs> as if it was OJ McDuffie's fault that the Dolphins had a bad practice in the early, in the first week of August, like six weeks away from the season. So God knows what's happening, right? Yeah, just to be clear. That was cover three, and it was a pretty good route. You know, Tyreek Hill is known to do this. Like, he's pretty good. Uh, you agree, right, Simon? Tyreek Hill's a pretty good player. Yeah, he's pretty good. So I'll tell you who else is a good player, Alf. Lionel Messi. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a sh- there's a sh- local show, very well known, uh, the Levertard Show. Their first topic of the morning was, is Lionel Messi too good for the MLS? And I mean, it might be yes. I- I think it completely is yes, and the the hilarious thing is that like we, yeah, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, really, but you know, the MLS is a bit of a farmers league in terms yes. of like quality of world football leagues, world soccer leagues, and and, and Messi is obviously, I mean, to me, he's the greatest player, certainly of you know, he's probably the greatest of all time, but certainly him, Pele, and Diego Maradona are the greatest players of all time. I, I never saw Alfredo Di Stefano and cultured listeners of this program. We know who that was. I never saw Pele live. I saw Maradona. I saw Messi. They're both geniuses. Okay, but the, the fact that Messi has done what he's done in such a short space of time, kind of under, given that he was, you know, he is a very much declining force, a spent force, or not a spent force, but, um, but you know, some of the goals he's scoring, that free kick at the end yesterday as well, you know, seven goals in four games is just, uh, you know, it's it's a ludicrous return for for the greatest, certainly the greatest player ever. Of the modern generation yeah and when people ask me why is messi in inter miami why is he playing for well they give him the the club people 
Yeah. Oh, well, and David Beckham, of course. I mean, David Beckham, strong relationships there. And, yeah. You know, uh, and it was MLS, a great. Yeah. And MLS clubs are selling for a billion dollars these days. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So it's, so it's a pretty good. So when they tell you, hey, come play for us and we give you 15% of the club, it's probably a good idea to come play. Especially when you yeah, live here exactly. already, you know? Hundred so. percent. Right. Let's get to it then. First of all, we might as well start with that naughty offense that uh, that uh, struggled a little bit on uh, on Saturday, and we saw Tua taking control at the end and, and and really laying into the guys. How have you, before we get into the weeds, how have you seen the offense over the last week progress? I mean, the what, the the key thing that needs people need to remember, especially people freaking out, is that. What you're seeing is a very, very thin. The, the stuff that they really want to work on is not being worked on whilst the fans are watching. The, it's not being worked on while there are prying eyes. You know, they they're not going to roll out all their best plays in the stadium where you know who knows could be watching. I mean, it's quite within the Bills and the Patriots and the Jets and the Chargers and who else are quite within their rights to have sit in the stadium and watch some of those plays. And you know, they're going to make notes and all that sort of stuff and film it on their cameras. That's you know that's competitive advantage, and um, uh, you know that's just not going to happen. The Dolphins aren't going to put out their formations and their motions and their plays and those sorts of things for everybody to see before week one. So I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit on some of the stuff that's going on. But what, what's your overall takeaway? Yeah, what I'm getting from this offense is that the running game is kind of getting on schedule. The passing game is also getting there, but. Um, on offense, you got to understand they're trying to get to stuff that they did, didn't get to last year. Uh, and it's not an expansion of the playbook. It's the actual usage of the playbook. Like last year, uh, last year you can see how they were holding back things because of, you know, just just essentially the the the, the time of it all. Uh, you know, they couldn't they couldn't really implement everything they wanted to implement the first year. And then still have an effective offense. I think that they're trying to add things to to their game plan uh, this year. And you're seeing a little bit of a you know a slowdown. A, a slowdown of what you saw last year on the offense. But more importantly, it's Vic Fangio. It's a more conservative defense that's not going to allow all these fireworks. And let's face it, they have a lot more talent on the defensive side of the football. So... That the defense is ahead of the offense, offense a week and a half into camp, understandable. No. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent, and and generally, good defenses, regardless of how good the offense is, should be ahead of offenses at this time of the year. That's just the way things work. Do you know what I mean? Especially when you're going up against a Vic Fangio defense, but also going back to what I just said, especially when you're putting out on show in front of the fans. I always expected the defense to look way better than the offense because the offense can only run like twenty percent of what it wants to run on a on a regular NFL Sunday. That's just you know that's just ludicrous to think anything else. So, you know, I'm not shocked that that these things are happening. I think you'll see the the offense come out and, and be strong. And you know, what I think is really good about playing a team like the Chargers is in Week One is that it was clear that Brandon Staley had a plan for tour and it worked to an absolute. Yeah, you know, finitely perfect degree in that game where we we, we lost against them uh, last season. Obviously, he'd seen a lot of tape at that point in terms of how that offense was working. Now, I expect them to try and do the same sort of thing to try and shut him down. Mike McDaniel's no fool; he will know exactly what they did to shut him down in that game. Exactly how they dropped linebackers into areas that that Tua loves to thrive. And they will be working on a lot of stuff to to try and counter that. And I expect the Dolphins to win week one because I think the Dolphins' offense 
the, the Chargers just won't have seen what McDaniel is going to bring to the table week one. Um, but there's absolutely no point in showing that in a scrimmage on August the 5th or whatever it was. So, so yeah, I think um, let, let's get into quarterbacks then. James Blackman released this evening, as we've heard this evening for me, this afternoon for you guys. So that leaves three quarterbacks. We're going to see a lot of Skylar Thompson and Mike White, I suspect, in the in the second um, preseason game as that battle for the number two role goes on. How do you see that playing out? You, you're there every day and you, know, you can't give too much away, but how do you see that battle working out? Because it feels like Skylar's played a little bit better and Mike White probably hasn't quite lived up to expectations. Yeah, I would say so. And in and in practice and you could see it every single every every single day if you're out there. Uh Skylar Thompson's gonna make a few more plays. I like to look at ball placement a little bit more and I like to see who makes more wild throws. Who makes the throw that you can see being necessary in like let's say week nine in New York. And that guy has to be Mike White. Uh as far as disaster practices, I don't think Mike White has had a disaster practice while Skylar Thompson had a horrific practice about four practices ago on a Thursday, I believe it was, where he just couldn't hit anything and everything was behind everybody else. And he threw a couple of hospital balls and then had a turnover. Uh, Mike White has made a couple of wild throws and you can see what some say about him, which is he's not going to wow you in practice, but if he gets into game action... He, he will make some wild throws, and he'll help you. Uh, I would go as far as to say, somebody asked me, okay, ultimate test, do they win that playoff game against Buffalo last year with Mike White? And I got to say yes. If I think he's that much better than Skylar Thompson, I would say yes. They probably eke out that game because they don't throw those two bad interceptions. Uh, maybe they throw one bad interception, but maybe you know they have enough to- at the end to kick that field goal, win that game in Buffalo last year. How's um how's number one looking? How is QB one going? How do you feel he's going? Obviously, a lot of talk around him today, specifically Peter King's column came out, nationally syndicated column, read by apparently more than two, three million people a week. I mean, there's an awful lot of eyes on that, um, and and it's clear that the takeaway that Peter King had was you know. If he stays on the field for 17 weeks, he's one of the greats in the league. That was a, that was clear from from what Peter had to say, both in in his words, but also in his interview um, with Jalen Waddle, which was embedded in the piece. Um, what's your takeaway of the last seven days since we last spoke on how two is progressing? Well, he's had a he's had a fabulous camp. Now we're going to boil down his entire camp to what happened last Saturday. Then okay, he was not good on Saturday. Now, why wasn't he good on Saturday? I thought he was a way too greedy. While all while dur- while during camp, since day one, he only had one interception in eleven on elevens and eight practices. Okay, he was taking what was given. He was making those throws into the bucket against cover six. He was being conservative, not putting the ball in harm's way. On Saturday, I felt he was way too aggressive. But you know, when do you want to be aggressive? Do you want to be aggressive in, you know, week five when you might have to win a game when it's close? Or, you know, you want to test some things on August 5th at your own, in your home stadium in front of your home fans against your own defense. I thought that throw against what was essentially four under cover two against uh, Noeg Benogany, uh, that was, first of all, a great play, but ill-advised. And it was not a bad route by Tyreek Hill. I know I heard some people say, oh, he gave up on the route. No, uh I think he he ran the route correctly. He gave him a target. Tua just did not put enough air on it, and Noeg Benagni made a great throw, a great a great play to intercept it. To the one that ended the practice, 
Man, reminiscent. Like, like you could take – it was a mirror image. Do you remember, Simon, that interception he threw against Atlanta where Durham Smythe ran the corner route and it got yeah. intercepted? Mirror yeah. image. Mirror image. Now, you have to understand the, the situation. Ball was at the 23-yard line, 41 seconds left, and it's third down. Now, would I have wanted Tua to make that throw? Probably not. Like, get something else. You still have fourth down to win the game. And, you know, you could throw to the end zone then. Okay. By the way, at that time, uh, Tyreek Hill was not practicing. Um, he, he was not injured. It was just that he sat out the rest of practice. But Waddle was there. Um, was it a bad rob by Durham Smythe? Uh, I don't know. I, it's just not the guy I'm throwing the ball to to try to win the game at the end of the game. That's that's yeah. what I would say. So I would chalk that up to a bad decision. And it got intercepted uh, by Eli Apple. So nice play by him, too. Yeah. For fans of college football, some breaking news from the Athletic, which is that the um, – and it's been an absolute – wilderness college football at the weekend in terms of, you know, just uh, I mean, hard to know what's the next move. But the next move seems to be that Stanford and Cal are joining the ACC, according to The Athletic, which is... Um, which is weird. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, the whole thing about college football is com- completely weird. Like, completely handing over the keys to college football to the TV networks. The NCAA just disappeared. What's happened in the last six months, but even in the last week has been absolutely crazy in college football, hasn't it? Yeah. So the University of Miami's uh, women's volleyball team is going to have to travel across the country to play on a, in a Wednesday match against Stanford. Yeah, <laughs> against Stanford. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> I guess. That's you know, crazy. Log, uh, start buying private jets, uh, all these universities, because I don't know how yeah. that you're going to do it. That's crazy. I, I digress there, but that, that's interesting, and we do that a lot on 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 three yards per carry, which is what you're listening to. And um, we talked a little bit about um, the tight ends uh, with Kyle Crabs last week, but that is talking of wildernesses. The the tight end room is an absolute wilderness, isn't it? I mean, there is nothing happening there, and it's disappointing not to be able to see Elijah Higgins take a step and really grab a position that you know, is is really up for grabs and it's just not really happened. But Smythe is the guy yeah. and there are no other guys. To be fair, Elijah Higgins looks great in a uniform, Simon. Oh, yeah. I mean... Like, like if you just roll out there and you say, this is our tight end, people will be saying, oh, my God. Like, you got an all-pro here, right? He just has to translate it into play. And, and I bet know, either Mendez looks good in a uniform, but I'm not going to see her run, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing is, Elijah Higgins, every once in a while, you're like, he makes a play, and it's one of those. Have you ever seen that meme where the there's a, a little kid drowning in the pool, and then the other one's being saved, and then there's one that's completely dead? <laughs> You've seen that meme? I posted it. <laughs> no. On, yeah, it's a funny meme where, you know, you're basically choosing, okay, you know, I'm going to save you. I don't care about you. But look at you. You look you look so cute. I'm going to have to save you. That's what Elijah Higgins does. Every once in a while he makes a play and you're like, whoa, this guy's going to be something. Then you forget that hey, he's been, you know, essentially invisible for days on end. Uh, this is not a good group. I don't think I'm being hyperbolic here. Nothing has emerged as of yet. I guess we're hoping and wishing and waiting on Julian Hill, who has flashed some. Derm Smythe is a capable number two. I don't think they have a, a number one on this team. If if you told me they actually and and I'm I'm told that you know they're done as far as spending assets on players. But if they were ever gonna throw a fifth round pick at somebody to go get a tight end, my God, this is the unit that needs it. This is not a good unit. And uh, I I agree with with Chris Coffin when he said last week that it's almost irresponsible to see them in twelve personnel this year. Like, yeah, what's the use? Like, you know, 
You don't have you really don't have a great number one tight end, so why use two of them? <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is not a good group. Nothing has emerged as of yet as of yet. Uh, holding out hope for Julian Hill. That's about it. Yeah, you can see the athleticism, can't you, in um in Higgins and you know, mm-hmm. his blocking coming along a little bit and he's yes. kind of he's getting reps. It's just John Embry talked about him getting reps and that's the important thing. And I suppose, you know, he's got a decent grasp of the offense, he's a bright kid, but it's just about it's just about reps and just about, you know, what can, and it feels like he's sort of similarly athletically minded to the way that Eric Ezukanma was last year in, in training mm-hmm. camp in terms mm-hmm. of look, there's clearly something there. It's just not going to be something that you can you can rely on. And you look at like a guy like Tanner Connor. It feels to me like you know the the end is nigh for Connor. You know mm-hmm. there's the, there doesn't seem to be that much path. I think the Dolphins must be praying that you know you, people talking about Dalvin Cook and Dalvin Cook. I would much rather spend money or you know on a tight end. You know especially if one comes on the market or there's a, a possibility of a trade with with somebody. I'd much rather sign a tight end than I would Dalvin Cook. I've got to say. Yeah, and Eric Eric Saubert uh, so far is a bust signing, and yeah. I understand that all we've seen are ten practices, and you know I know I understand how somebody can say how can you say he's a bust signing? Well, you know he's a bust because ten practices in, you know you wouldn't want to see twelve personnel out there ever, and you gave this guy about three million dollars for the season. So it's money you won't see back. Like you could go get somebody off the waiver wire to to play for the minimum, and you know not have to have spend any money on on the position. Uh, he has been bad, and when you drop passes consistently, you're bad. When you get beat in pass pro, you're bad. Uh, so far, I trust Durham Smythe. Nobody else. Yeah, Eric Nober. I think we we should start calling him at this point. Um, let's get to it. We've been talking about this on OnlyFins, and if you're not a member of OnlyFins, then then. Who even are you? OnlyFins is $3 a month. You get to essentially just listen in to Alf and Chris and Mines. Uh, we, tra- we transfer what? Um, three um, WhatsApp chat. Christ, I'll get there in a sec. Uh, our WhatsApp conversations. Um, uh, and we talk about stuff and we drop information and we talk about games. But also on uh, OnlyFins, we break down games. We break down film draft prospects. We break down Dolphins prospects. We don't break down Dolphins players. Alf is at training camp every single day. We do shows like this, but every single day where you can tune in and listen, ask questions. Alf will talk about what's happened, who's had a good day, who's had a bad day, the plays, the plays that have happened, all that sort of stuff. There's a load of load of things coming up in in the autumn and the winter, meetups, all those sorts of things. Um, but we talked about this with regards to wide receiver group, and I said that I had a, an issue seeing. Chosen Anderson potentially making the team. I'm not saying that's a definitive, but I'm saying that clearly Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are making the team. It feels like Braxton Barrios is going to be the guy, the number three, the slot guy. They're clearly very happy with Ezukanma. They clearly, and I know this from speaking to people within the organization, they clearly like Braylon Sanders and would like to give him every opportunity. Cedric Wilson is still there and has had a solid camp and is a good player and is healthy, unlike how he was for much of last year when he played with broken ribs. Um, and I think they'll probably carry six receivers because of the issues at tight end. Maybe seven because of the issues at tight end. But also, Anderson doesn't play special teams. Feels like... I don't know what your takeaway is, Alf, but it, I don't know whether it feels like he's he's had a disagreement with Wes Welker or he's just not sort of buying in in terms of, you know, this is a... He has a particular personality, I think, that maybe jives with people the wrong way, and it just doesn't quite feel like it's 
meshing at the moment, Alf. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, he's shown up as of late. He's made some plays as of late. He had the notable uh, big pass play from Tua Tungvaloa um, on that Friday practice before the before the scrimmage. Uh, he caught some balls in the scrimmage. So he's shown up as of late. Uh, on Friday, he had that uh, very odd, one of the oddest uh, the whispering press conference. Oh my! What was that about? Uh, I was like, no idea. It's it's one of those things where you're sitting in. I was sitting in my chair and I started leaning forward. And I'm like, if I lean anymore forward, I'm gonna fall on the floor, and it's gonna make for a great sound bite. <laughs> as it's as there's dead silence, and then all you hear is somebody just you know, you know what I mean? Like that's what you would have heard. <laughs> so that was odd, and I when you do the rundown the way you just did. Okay, and you realize, look, they're not cutting Cedric Wilson. All right, that's not. No, no, they're absolutely not cutting Cedric Wilson. Okay, so when you start doing the rundown the way you do, are you really going to cut River Craycraft in favor of Chosen Anderson? Uh, like you know, you can count on River Craycraft. Okay, yeah. in a pinch, he has he's performed before. Man, it's he can a, block. He yep. knows the offense. It's a he's a good soldier. Group. It's a crowded group. Play special teams. Yeah, it's a crowded group. And when you start doing it that way, you could see how he could be left out, you know. So I think it's going to be important. Uh, these preseason games are usually not important. Uh, they will let us know on Wednesday who is playing of the first team, by the way. So that'll be interesting to hear. If Tua plays, man, you got to see some chosen Anderson snaps. If Tua doesn't play, you're still going to see Mike White out there. So he's going to be face. He's going to be playing with a capable quarterback. Chosen Anderson is going to have to perform in these preseason games to open some eyes. And who knows? Maybe maybe they could get an asset for him if they decide that, that he's not, you know, he's not for them. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting as well when they release that that death chart to see um, what's happening on the offensive line. Because I know you know, mm-hmm. but you obviously can't say because of the reporting restrictions uh, that the Dolphins put on, which is fair enough, and we're not going to get anybody into trouble. Um, obviously, it's, you, you know, we know that, you know, left tackle will be Toronto Armstead, regardless. Center will be Connor Williams, uh, and right guard will be Rob Hunt. And there's two spots up for grabs, uh, and there's certainly two players that I have in mind that uh, I think will probably start. And I suspect that one will be Austin Jackson, uh, and the other will be uh, Isaiah Wynn. Now, where that happens and what positions they're at remains to be seen. But if I was a betting man, and I haven't been in practice, so I, uh, I don't know. If I was a betting man, I'd suggest. And suspect that Wynn would probably start left guard and Jackson would play right tackle. Um, but it feels like obviously Armstead isn't going to start. So um, I'm a big fan of Kendall Lamb in terms of what he's been able to do, certainly what he did against the Patriots. And uh, I think he's had a strong camp. I suspect he might end up starting the game. But it feels like Alf, there's a three-way battle. We certainly we certainly heard rumors of a three-way battle now at left guard involving Liam Eikenberg, involving potentially Isaiah Wynn. And then the name of Lester Cotton was floated last week, the guy who started the playoff game against Buffalo, make played at Alabama with Tua, um, make it, make and it he four. finds himself in the mix as well. Make it four, as Robert Jones made an appearance at left guard in the scrimmage. <laughs> so, there you go. So uh, essentially the entire roster is trying to be the left guard on this team. But Liam Eikenberg is winning that's the, the snap count as of right now. Uh, so I guess that's good for him. What's not good for him is that he's had some noticeably bad practices so far. Austin Jackson, uh, like I said the other day in the OnlyFans uh, chat, you can set your watch to it. He's going to have two good practices in a row. Then that third practice is going to come around, and you're going to say, oh, my God, we we need a right tackle. I'm hoping and wishing that it's not going to happen in the regular season, that we're going to get consistently good play from Austin Jackson, and it's not going to be like, hey, 
you know, after two weeks, week one and week two, we're going to be like, man, Austin Jackson has really come around, right? Then week three comes around and he's an absolute abject disaster uh, against, I think it's the Patriots that we play week three. Uh, I hope that's not going to be the case, but he's been painfully inconsistent so far. I agree with you on Kendall Lamb. Uh, he made he made the team as the swing tackle already. They're trusting him as a left tackle, as a right tackle. I I am almost certain he will start the preseason game. Uh, so yeah, he's been good. Now, as far as depth at the tackle position, no, as uh, it's not there yet. And as far as Isaiah Wynn, everybody keeps handing him the job. He has to start playing some, you know, some some good football to actually earn the job. I don't think he was that good uh, in the scrimmage as well. Um, the guards actually were not very good in that scrimmage, as defensive tackles were beating them up and down the field. And we're gonna name a few of them that, you know, were not household names before. Yeah, how do you think overall the depth is looking in terms of you know do, do, does it feel like we're in a better place depth wise if you if you go from one with one being Armstead down to let's say we keep nine one to nine do you think that that depth is stronger in twenty twenty three than it was in twenty twenty two when you look at the you know a, a healthy Kendall Lamb you've got a healthy Austin Jackson you've got Dan Feeney there obviously we 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 subbed out um, Dieter for example. Jones is still in the mix. What, what do you think in terms of that overall quality of depth? Yeah, I think the depth is a little bit better because I believe that Kendall Lamb is better than Brandon Shell. Um, so we could start there. And then I think they still have the nuclear option. If they hate everything that they're putting out there at left guard, you can always put Connor Williams out there and play Dan Feeney at center. I believe they have that option to go to as well. So, yeah, I believe it's better, but not much better. Uh, I still think they have that issue at left guard and right tackle, and we're going to have to actually see them in game action to know any better. I am almost ready to give up on Liam Eikenberg, but not ready to give up on Austin Jackson. So, you know, it's give or take. It's not, you know, it's it's not all roses on the offensive line so far. Right, we are going to break. Uh, Alf and I are going for a cigar, and we're going to make a phone call to Chris at prison and see how he is, and we will be back in a moment with the defensive half of your 2023 Miami Dolphins. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael Robert Jorge and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so Premier Kitchen, Bath, and Laundry Cabinetry 
Countertops and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 579 That's 954 954- 5790356 or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram and please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips and you're listening to 3 Yards Per Carry. Welcome back to 3 Yards Per Carry. I'm Simon Clancy. I'm here with Alfredo Artiaga as always and just uh, so you remember, um although I've deleted it, so I was going to make that really smooth. But just so you remember, this show is brought to you by Price Picks. It's brought to you by Better Edge and by our friends at SKD Studios. We are talking about the Miami Dolphins' defense uh, in this portion of the show. Alf has been at training camp every single day, as per, as he is every single year. And if you want to know everything that's going on, or at least everything that we're allowed to tell you what's going on, you can come into uh, for $3 a month, which is less than you pay for pretty much everything in the United States right now. Um, you can come into uh, our OnlyFins Discord chat uh, and find out exactly what's going on, have a chat with us guys, ask us questions, tape breakdowns, watch-alongs, all that sort of nonsense. Um, we are available 24-7, 365 days a year. I'm pretty sure I answered some questions and, and had a chat with people on Christmas Day last year. So so we are there the whole time. Uh, Alf, uh, let's start on the back end. Uh, obviously, Jalen Ramsey, this is day nine. Uh, he says he's 9-0, and uh, and I'm sure he is in terms of his rehab. Uh, but how are the rest of the group going? And specifically a couple of players that I want to talk about. Uh, the rookie, Cam Smith, who has been excellent, I think, in camp. You've seen him firsthand every day. Um, but seems to make a play every single day. He got a little bit banged up and uh, and missed some time. Or certainly missed most of the scrimmage in terms of performances. But how, first of all, is that cornerback look, group looking? And, and just for people that have kind of not paid, you know, Life is busy. There's lots going on. For, for people that perhaps haven't paid as much attention as normal, give us an update on A, where Nick Needham is in terms of his rehabilitation and Trill Williams in terms of where he is, who's like more likely back playing sooner and when you might see them making contrib- uh, contributions in the regular season. Is it week one, week three, halfway point, December? Where, where do we think? Yeah, Troy Williams and Brandon Jones, and I think we could take both of them together since they've been uh, buddies wearing the the red jersey. They're coming along fine, and they're getting more snaps with the top unit. Very encouraging sign for Brandon Jones. He was on install, and when you are on install, and for you fans who watch practice and you don't know what install is, when you see 11 guys line up like they're playing against somebody and there's nobody on the other end, like they're playing against ghosts, and you see they start talking to each other, and then there's a coach like running fake routes against them and telling them, you're going here and they're going there. Whenever you see Brandon Jones in install with Javon Holland and Xavier Howard and Noah Benagini, spoiler alert, then that's a good sign. It means that the coaches think enough of you to have you essentially taking first-team reps, right? But he's not actually getting any live action. True Williams is, so he is closer to actually contributing. Nick Needham, he is out there. He is working, running a lot in a, in a straight line. He does not look like he's anywhere near ready to contribute for this team. So, man, I'd, I'd say I'd say give him some time. Give him the month, the first month of the season. Yeah. So, start looking for him in week five. When he comes back, I think he'll be he'll he'll give this team a boost because he could play outside. He could play in the nickel. So, 
you know, give him some time. Plan, he does not look ready. There's three, um, we've signed three corners in the last 10 days, Alf, and I'll ask you about Eli Apple in a sec, with the other two being Mark Gilbert, uh, and then announced this evening, although we knew yesterday, Parry Nickerson, who was the, ran a 4-3-2 at the combine, uh, kid out of Tulane, bounced around the league a little bit, played with the Jets, etc. But the one guy that everybody consistently talks about as having, you know, if you talk about the, the top eight guys in on the, the entire team across the board who've had excellent cams, the, the one name that keeps coming up over and over and over again was pretty much a guy we thought, yeah, well, you signed Jalen Ramsey, Norig Benogane is not going to make the team. And yet mm-hmm. we don't hear about him. We don't hear about him any, any time that, you know, in terms of like, he got beat, he got this, he got picked on, he got that. The only time we're hearing about him now is that he's done really well. He looks great in coverage. He's mature. He's tackling well. He's in the right position. This defense really suits him. Give us the give us the lowdown on the last seven days for Noah because he's really turned it around, hasn't he? Absolutely, and he's making plays. He's making. But this is a guy plays. that wasn't he wasn't going to make the team. Yes, yeah, and, and you thought about it, and you were like, okay, uh, if you start, you know, going right down the line, uh, he might be cornerback number five, cornerback number six. Uh, if we trust Vic Fangio and we trust what he thinks and what he sees, well, obviously he is opposite of Xavier Howard. Of course, you know Jalen Ramsey is out for several months. So, you know, he's helped by that. But he is being pushed by Cam Smith, and Cam Smith is not displacing him. And there is some, some there is some you know, some competition behind him. And Eli Apple and, and such. Uh, Norg Benogany has cemented himself as, as a performer on this defense but because he keeps making plays every single practice. And when Vic Fangio is asked about uh, guys that he likes, it was kind of, kind of interesting, I would say that he named Christian Wilkins, he named Zach Sealer, he named Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, and another name came out of his mouth, and that was Noah Benogany. Okay? So, you know, he named about 10 players by name. Xavier Howard was among them, Javon Holland. It was the guys you would think you would, he would name, and he'd named Noah Benogany. So he's had a good camp. I would have not thought in a million years that this system would have suited him. But his athleticism is is helping him in this regard. Who would have thought that Noah Benogany playing in a cover six where he has to have three assignments on every single every single snap is actually picking it up and making plays. So yeah, you know, it's it's been great. It's been great for him. Now the signings that they've made this week, uh, I think that that bodes ill for first of all, Kean Crossan has been injured all camp. Uh, he we saw him day one and day two. He has been, he has disappeared since. Okay, he has sleeves on both of his legs. I don't know what's wrong with him. They just say, oh, he's not ready yet to return in and contribute. Um, you kind of know what you're getting with crossing, though, don't you? You know, special yes. teams captain you know, does a bit of everything. But it is interesting that you can save some money if you cut him. You yeah. Know? What, what What's your early take on Eli Apple in terms of how he's fitted in? Uh, I think that this system, since it's a it's a low volatile, you know, the volatility and result is not going to be very high in this system. This is not Josh Boyer, okay? Josh Boyer was, look, we're going to put you in positions to make plays, but we're also going to put you in positions to give up 80-yard touchdowns. That's not happening in this system. And not to say that, you know, I didn't like Josh Boyer's system. I thought he was a really, really good coach. I do expect him to coach again in the NFL. But um, this system is very friendly to defensive backs. You're going to have backup. And Eli Apple, if he has Javon Holland playing behind him, he's going to make plays. 
and he made the play of the of the scrimmage on Saturday. He won the game for the defense, essentially, getting that interception at the goal line. So he's made plays. He's played well. And, you know, it is, although I will say this, since there's some conspiracy-minded uh, fans on Twitter uh, that think that they, they actually set up a, a Tyreek Hill one-on-one, oddly enough, we have not seen a Tyreek Hill versus Eli Apple one-on-one yet. Okay. Yet. So so if you want to believe in, in a conspiracy theory, I think that one's one to believe in. Especially after Tyreek Hill said that the great thing about having Eli Apple on the team is that I get to embarrass him daily in practice. <laughs> <laughs> so. We um I, I purposely didn't touch upon running backs in the offensive section, in part because we pretty much know, you know, it's kind of status quo. Raheem's the guy, Jeff's the backup, uh, you know, and a and a good player. Devon is kind of the speed, and and we saw a nice little, you know, juking Devon run for a touchdown on, on social. And it feels like Miles has had a good week, and it feels like maybe Ahmed not not quite as good a week. And those two certainly in a, in a position battle. But it feels like there's kind of a status quo there, which is why I did mention it. And it also feels like a little bit of a status quo at linebacker in terms of last week we talked about David Long and uh, and what he was bringing to the table, how well he was playing. And it feels like kind of we're we're in the same position as we are, but but one guy that everybody's kind of keen to know what's happening with, uh, and that's Channing Tindall, and you know that a lot of hope for him because of his athletic ability, his downhill, his speed, his trigger, uh, all of those things that he brings to the table that we saw so uh, in such devastating form alongside Key Walker and uh, Nakobe Dean for 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 Georgia's defense when they won the national championship, but. Last seven days for Channing Tindall, how has he looked to you? How do you feel like do you think he's going to make the team? I saw Omar Kelly today talking about questioning whether or not he was even going to make the team. I, mean, I, I can't see him not making the team, but where is Channing Tindall in his, um, in his progression uh, to be a contributing defender for the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, this is a unit that I was uh, kind of concerned about, especially as far as depth, because I really like the top two guys, but... Um... I know we can count on Jerome Baker. Uh, he he just he just does not miss games, but David Long has. So I was I was a bit concerned there, but having watched these guys in camp, Duke Riley and Channing Tindall as the backups, the chief backups to our top two guys, um, man, I feel I feel really good about it. And I think Channing Tindall. I, I think it's silly to say he won't make the team. I think he's going to make the team. He's going to contribute. Uh, Vic Fangio mentioned him as actually picking up the the system very very uh, very quickly in that scrimmage. Duke Riley sat out that scrimmage, and Aubrey Miller was thrusted into the obviously the second unit. I don't think I'm revealing anything here or breaking the the reporting protocol. Um, we know who the starters are, so Aubrey Miller came in and played pretty well with Channing Tindall, and I think that this week is going to be key. It's you're going up against an Atlanta Falcon team that, in my opinion, has probably the best running game in football. Uh, this season has one of the best offensive lines, and they have a rookie hotshot running back in Bijan Robinson. That's going to be a fun two days, beginning on Tuesday and then going into Wednesday, to watch Channing Tindall go up, up against that offensive line in that running game and see how he performs. And I'm certain uh, they're not going to start David Long in the preseason game, but they might start Channing yeah. Tindall. So we might get to watch him for 40 or 50 snaps and we'll learn a little bit more but i'm very happy with this group especially considering that they they sprinkled in a little bit of andrew van ginkle into the group and he's played well as well yeah it feels like Aubrey miller's going to make the team doesn't it at this point yes it looks like he has a specific role which is uh the break glass in case of injury at middle linebacker so yeah he will he'll play that calvin munson role the guy that yeah. you never th- you never thought you would need 
but all of a sudden he plays one game and plays well for you and you win that game. And you, you're looking back on it and you're like, well, you know what? That guy really contributed with his six tackles and that one tackle for loss tonight. The We signed the break glass, break glass, break glass guy the other day, which is Mike Rose, who if anybody follows college football, Mike Rose was an outstanding college football linebacker at Iowa State. He was a uh, freshman All-American. He was all Big 12 as a sophomore. He was Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year as a junior. Um, two down thumping six foot four 250 pound linebacker uh i don't have in front of me what time he ran at the combine he ran a four seven which is you know a, a, he, he's your archetypal outstanding college footballer and used to certainly used to get these sort of when i was growing up sort of 25 years ago 30 years ago kind of just guys who would just be everywhere in uh, college football but just didn't have the the traits to to be big time nfl players feels like mike rose is kind of that guy an undrafted free agent of the chiefs last year Went to the XFL, played really well for the St. Louis Battlehawks, and, we, and we've signed him now. But uh, have you seen any of Mike Rose? Has he has he had any sort of impact? Is the you know is the hope for for a guy like Mike Rose, or is this a guy that's just you know just filling out a, a jersey until we get to the cutdowns? Yeah, they have a. They seem to feel as if they have a need for players to play special teams. And Mike Rose, if 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 you've noted this before, and I think we noted this on, on OnlyFans as well. Um, we might have even done that last week. The fewest special teams units he's ever played on was four. And the USFL, he played on five special teams units, okay, which means that he actually got onto the field goal unit as well. So this is a guy who who not only enjoys playing it, but has played it well before, uh, played four special teams units with the, with the Chiefs. Uh, I think that that's the way he gets onto here, uh, onto this, this roster, but... On Friday, when they play against the Falcons, uh, that's another opportunity because I know that they're not going to play the top two guys. He's going to play a lot of snaps. So they're going to see if they can, if he has some versatility past just the special teams units. But as far as a special teams player, they need some of those. And I think that they're beginning to fill those spots with the signing of Mike Rose. The, the final unit that... I want to talk about, or actually, I, I do want to ask a quick question. Actually, I'll just jump it in now. Uh, we, I, I know how much you hate special teams, but we are breaking in a new punter uh, in, in Jake Bailey, the former All Pro, who was injured last year um, uh, with the Patriots, and we, we obviously got rid of um, we got rid of Thomas Morstead, who's now punting for the for the Jets, and Morstead had a great year. But anything on Jake Bailey that you can add in terms of you know because this will become an issue if he can't if he can't punt. How, how is he looking? And also. You know, Jason Sanders has generally been very reliable for us, former All-Pro, but has had a couple of indifferent, you know, good to indifferent years. What's the what's the takeaway from 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 the special teams unit? Well, Jake Bailey already ran Michael Turk out of town, so that, that that's uh, so we know we Michael know Turk who, and his massive calves. <laughs> yeah, so we already know who the punter will be uh, this NFL season for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I asked in the press box because evidently I'm I'm, I'm one of these that does not watch Jake Bailey, Jake Bailey too much. In the scrimmage, he punted one to the moon from his own 30, and it reached the end zone. I'm like, that's a little bit unnecessary, but it's kind of fun to watch. See a guy hit the ball 70 yards in the air. Although, the ball comes out to the 20-yard line, so, you know, thanks a lot, <laughs> Jake Bailey. I asked aloud in the press box, do we know anything about Jake Bailey? Has he been good this camp? And you would have thought I would have said something extremely offensive because everybody just piled on to me. was like, have you been watching him? And I'm like, no, first of all, I have not been watching them. I've purposely ignored the punters all camp. And it's consensus uh, in the press beat. And you know it's hard to get a consensus in that press room. Everybody thinks he's been absolutely fabulous. I'll make a note of watching him actually 
punt this week against the Falcons as they have a little bit of live action. Uh, I want to see him play some inside the 20-yard line, uh, which is what I think is important. But evidently, he's been pretty good. Uh, I, I haven't seen too much of him, but the entire press press room thinks that he's been fabulous. And, you know, kind of makes sense if you already ran Michael Turk out of town. There was quite a funny video that the Dolphins social team released the other day, which was essentially asking which player other than yourself on the team would you like to be? Most people said quarterback, but then everybody else just said Jake Bailey. <laughs> and then Bailey was just sat in the background doing some sort of yoga stretching in the uh, in the weight room. And like River Craycraft and David Long would just turn the camera around and were just like, Shh. I mean, Jake, look at him. He's just sat on his ass like stretching using a plyometrics machine or whatever. But, you know, yeah. That's what I'd rather be doing than going out there running, you know, gasses and all that sort of thing. So, anyway, it's good to know these, you know, it's good to know that he's uh, he's returning to form and because he really was an absolute weapon for the for the Patriots. Uh, let's turn to the final unit then. That's the, the, the defensive line. And there's a lot of names in there. One new one added today, which was, or yesterday really, which was to Sean Hand, the Dolphins brought in three uh, defensive linemen for workouts, including Marvin Wilson, who really falls into that category of Mike Rose that I talked about. Just a really good college player who just hasn't really uh, developed um, at the level that you'd, you'd hope to. Um, and so the Dolphins ended up signing to Sean Hand, who was the number one defensive player in the in the nation uh, as a high school, certainly the number one defensive lineman in the nation uh, as a high school athlete, as a senior when he went to Alabama. Um, but really, his career has just been cut short, Alf, in terms of you know he was the fourth round pick of the Lions. But he, he got injured for the Lions. He suffered an ankle injury. He missed most of the season. Um, missed the first six weeks of the season as a rookie because he got an elbow injury. Then he missed three more games uh, because the ankle injury went on to, to IR. The, the season after that, he got injured again and went on to IR after another ankle injury, then a groin injury in 2021. Again, he went on to injured reserve halfway through the season, missed nine games, ended up being released, signed by the Colts, injured reserve by the Colts in in um in 2021 and then last year he was on the practice squad of the titans but again injured reserve got hurt got cut and so he's back with the dolphins he he, he has a lot of talent but it, the you know the question for me is does he really have the body you know and also you know what is he he is only 293 pounds okay um he only has three career sacks he's not somebody that's gonna you know he's not somebody that's gonna replace um uh, Raekwon Davis, you know, he's not the John Jenkins kind of guy. He's he's not sized enough for that. You know, he's strong at the point of attack, but he's also not going to be somebody that's going to collapse the pocket and pick up sacks for you. So I just kind of wonder what Deshaun Hand is. And, you know, to me, it feels like he's not going to make the team. And I, I kind of don't understand why the Dolphins weren't looking, you know, at that market of, uh, of veteran free agent defensive tackles. That fit the um, that fit the mold of a John Jenkins who can come in and just take some snaps off Raekwon Davis, who can you know do a few things that that we need a bit like we brought in a, a Melvin uh, Ingram came in last year, but probably not as many snaps as Melvin Ingram, but somebody that can just come in you know and do some of the dirty work behind Raekwon uh, behind Raekwon who can just you know soak up a double team in the middle. That that is not going to be. What does Sean Hand does? Where, where do you see that situation? Because it does feel very much like, yeah, the two top guys are obviously, the three top guys are obviously Raekwon, they're obviously Christian, there's obviously Zach, but it feels like there's a little bit of a void in after that. Where do you stand on this? Yeah, I was concerned about this unit as far as the depth, and I always felt like, man, they need another five tech and they need another zero tech. Now, Brandon Peely has played well, okay? He's played well, well beyond my expectations. Uh, you know where I stand on him. I didn't think he was an NFL player. 
Uh, I didn't think that he was going to make this team. He might not still make this team. Uh, you know, the zero tech that's going to that's going to play ten to twelve snaps a game. For all I know, could be could be signed the week that they play the Chargers on a Wednesday. They could just go say, "Hey, look, uh, hello, uh, Linval Joseph has just signed with the Miami Dolphins on a one year deal." Like that that can happen. But the emergence of of a couple and of should guys, happen, quite frankly. Yeah, it should happen. Him or Akeem Hicks, I think, is something that should happen on Chargers Week. Uh, I don't think that those guys are interested in running out here in a hundred and five degree weather. <laughs> I just no. don't think so. No. Okay, but I, I was told because I, I I did I did uh, express my my concern on the on the unit uh, so far. I think that this Deshaun hand signing is just for competition because they kind of like what they have past the, the headliners. Now, they cut Anthony Montalvo, but I'm going to ask you about this guy as well because, first of all, Christian Wilkins gave him a, a grade A report card and Jalen Twyman, which would be, in, would, would be insane that this team is going to lead the league in Jalen's and then all of them are going to be good. <laughs> okay. How many, how many Jalen's do we currently have on the roster? Well, we have Jalen Phillips. He's pretty good, right? We like him. We yeah, got, he's, he's okay. We got Jalen Waddle. He's, he's all right. Yeah. right. He's okay. All right, uh, and who else? I mean, who am I? Who am I? Jalen Ramsey, he's pretty good, right? Jalen Ramsey, he's okay. Okay, that's pretty good. Now, Jalen Twyman might be the latest. Okay, okay. So, uh, I gave him the player of the scrimmage on Saturday, and this is not Alf, uh, you know, putting the finger on the scale here. This was by vote, all right? I put it yep. to the press room, and I asked them, Noah Benogany or Jalen Twyman? And the vote came back so overwhelmingly for Jalen Twyman that I voted Jalen Twyman. I was going to vote Noah Benigni because I liked that he had a he had a PBU and he had an interception against the first team. So that's you know that's pretty good in, in my mind. And he had no bad missteps. But now Jalen Twyman could not be blocked. He had two sacks. He had a tackle for loss. Um, these preseason games are going to be fun to watch. Also, watching him against that Atlanta, Atlanta offensive line is going to be fun to watch. But I'll ask you. I know he played at Pittsburgh. Christian Wilkins gave him a huge. Hugh, I don't know if you saw his, his presser after the scrimmage, but Christian Wilkins says this guy helped us get ready for games last year, and he's a sponge. He won't stop talking. He won't stop asking questions. He wants to know what we're doing in every single set. He wants to know what we're doing against every single type of formation on offense, and he thinks that he's going to do well in this league. He essentially just put him on the team, if you ask Christian Wilkins. Your thoughts on Jalen Twyman? He played at Pittsburgh, good college player. Been here a year yeah, really already. Good player. I mean, he was the first interior lineman to lead the Panthers in sacks, I think, since Aaron Donald. He had ten and a half sacks in his final year. He was three hundred one pounds at the combine. Um, uh, he's just a good college football player, actually. And I, I thought when he came out, look, he, he he's he's not brilliantly sized. He's not overly explosive. He's certainly not bendy or twitchy. But what he does, he's he's got a lot of energy. He's got excellent hands. And really, I always remember at, uh, at Pitt, he had really violent hands and, and, you know, just works really hard on every single snap, kind of relentless. Uh, he's, he's pretty instinctive. And also, I liked how he did a lot of good work with twists and games up front. Uh, was Was solid as a run defender, never on the ground. Um, and and it's one of the things I liked about Peely actually. You know, the the, the thing about Brandon Peely is that he's all he's an effort guy the whole time. I, mm. I wasn't overly thrilled with his USC tape. I didn't think he was was great, but actually I think he's done a pretty decent job as a as a um 
you know, in in the short time that he's been there. But um, I think there are some similarities in terms of effort between him and Twyman. And um, I, I think, I certainly think Peely's got a real chance of making the team. And, you know, Twyman, wh- where does he play? That's the question. What I don't know what he weighs right now. Um, I've seen some reports he's down in the 280s now. Um, you know, he's lost sort of 15, 16 pounds. So, you know, is he a kind of a backup to Zach Sealer in, in, in that respect? Is that how they view him? I don't really know. It's... Um, it's quite interesting, but it does feel like yeah, you know, I, I am a bit concerned about the lack of depth that, that's there, and you know, which is why you know, an Akeem Hicks or a Linval Joseph coming in in you know the back end of the back end of the month um, would seem to make a lot of sense to me because we we really do need some I, I think some depth. Otherwise, you're just you know, I know Christian Wilkins is fantastic; he's had an amazing camp. He just seems to be getting better and better and better. But you know, I think he, um, you know. We're one injury away from that being an absolute shit show up front. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, you can't take you can't if you take two injuries, you got a serious problem. You take one injury, you better have something to to back them up. Uh, they seem to really like the unit. Uh, you know, I think that this guy has already played his way onto the team. He's gonna have to be a disaster uh, in these preseason games to not make this team. So I think Jalen Twyman, you can pencil him in on the roster and on the active roster. I believe uh, week one, unless they get something else up here uh by the way and Dama Kinsu, uh not a fan favorite <laughs> i'm on that press no. i had no idea that the that that he made so many enemies down here but yeah he's not he's not well liked okay so he, he's out um, there look for him to sign somewhere else not here he was talking about aaron Rodgers the other day and he's not a fan of aaron Rodgers either so um <laughs> yeah not a lot of love for um not a lot of love love for and Kinsu. see um any more for any more in the uh alpha tiago notebook or are we good to um to go and finish our cigars and get some brandies on yeah, I think that I think we we could end it right here. Uh, as far as the rest of the defensive line, Randy Charlton, Josiah Bronson, Dave Flash in spots. Uh, I don't think they're of any consequence. They're eminently replaceable. I think uh, Jalen Twyman. Uh, welcome to the 2023 Miami Dolphins. I would say. Nice. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for uh, contributing. For those of you that do, uh, thank you for joining OnlyFins. For those of you that have, and hello to those of you that will. Uh, and thanks very much to Price Picks, to BetterEdge, and to SKD Studios, our excellent sponsors. Please check them out. Um, we would really appreciate it. But what we appreciate most of all is you listen to the podcast every week, and we shall be back next week. We will have had scrimmages, or we'll be in the midst of scrimmages. Alf will be here throughout the week doing an amazing job, and I genuinely mean this, mate. You do an amazing job every single day of keeping people in the loop with um, with what's happening at training camp and with these live shows inside Discord that we do uh, that you do every day in terms of filling people in and taking questions and that sort of shit. You are the best of all of us. Thank you for listening, uh, and we shall speak to you on OnlyFins uh, or on social media where you can find us uh, or just in the ether, and if not, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Thanks a lot. Have a lovely week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Carry. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.